Hi, Sprocket Podcast listeners. I just wanted to let you know that if you wanted to get a copy of Get Your Money Together book, um, I will include special Kitty Star Budget stickers, which is our David Bowie-influenced budgeting cat. Uh, if you just let me know you're from the Sprocket Podcast. So go to ohmydollar.com slash book and let me know you're from the Sprocket Podcast, and I will include extra stickers. Bye. Welcome 41 minutes into the Sprocket Podcast. Oh, shit. Really? Where we are maybe simplifying the good life, but more so just rambling around. Certainly not simplifying our conversations. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, rambling from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. And today in studio we have a master of ramblers in the best of ways. <laughs> master, mistress of rambling. The ra- ramble um, check-in Foursquare MySpace 105. What is what is SQL. the title? Queen of of Stream PDX? No, uh, Mayor. 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 Yeah. But I'll take Queen. Okay. We've yeah. got Mayor Queen Lillian Kerbeck <laughs> in the studio of Stream PDX. <laughs> Uh, so this will probably be divided into a couple different episodes, but we <laughs> we spent a good forty minutes just talking before we even hit the theme yeah. song. And before we started recording, we spent another twenty minutes talking because you know what? Why not? Which yes. is which is excellent because I had a twelve hour work day today, right. so it's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well, we're 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 gonna get to a couple of things today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. Maybe yeah. we'll just we'll just feel it out. Um. You know, Brock always dreamed about that 24-hour podcast. Well, he just didn't realize. G- give that guy a ring because he's going to be, be busy yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. This might be the last chance he has at a 24-hour stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, Lillian. <laughs> so great to have you here. I want to do the 24-hour podcast. Yeah? That sounds great. Stream. We should maybe hook this up with like stream. Mm. We've got enough podcasts I... in our in our roster now right i have a i have professional experience running 24-hour events as you may remember uh but although i swore after the last one i was like you know what this could be a great weekend event where we sleep in between (laughs) but wasn't that the idea originally of a weekend event well, or, for for the like twenty four hour pod. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, for this, our podcasting yeah. thing, um, yeah. The idea was that it would be a twenty four hour thing, but you could like go home and sleep if you wanted, right? Um, right. Versus like the thing that I've run, which is Raiders of Lost Archives. Which oh is yes, staying That's... up, locking people in a warehouse and making them catalog essentially <laughs> doing glorified data entry hmm. for twenty four hours straight, and then like have a celebration at the end, which is usually like a. Uh, and I give them trophies and they're all like gross and dirty and sleep deprived. <laughs> and I give them like donuts. It's great. It's super mean. Um, do you ever, do you ever get like responses from the, the participants after the fact? Like, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback during, oh, yeah. but I mean, well also people kept coming back to doing it. Right. right. So like, that was the thing is that like, 
I, it's one of those things. I, this is kind of how um, volunteering at Cycle Oregon to clean bikes for the community cycling center was mm-hmm. every year, which is like spend 55 hours like cleaning bikes in the desert. You sleep very little. Most people drink a lot of beer and then mm-hmm. you like ride bikes really hard and then you like stay up all night cleaning them hmm. um, and raising money for getting kids their first bikes. And yeah. uh, at the end of the week, our volunteers are always like, I don't know. That was a really hard week. And then by the and next they year, they, next year, yeah, they totally come back. So type two, type yeah. two. <laughs> you just need a little space to look back and be like, I, I'm proud of myself for doing sure. that. Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's really a, rewarding work. As we well. got a little piece about Cycle Oregon, kind of slightly later on. We do. Do you want to do the news now? Because I'm worried for the news's sake. You're if worried it, for the news. <laughs> like, I feel like if we don't get to the later segment, if we don't do the business up front, we we may not get to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, we did already spend forty minutes. So, so my fear is that now I've I've made this transition, and now I've made it awkward, and we're gonna want to talk about like personal finance in your book, and and we'll just be at a loss because we've been talking about travel and. Siberia mm. and India. I can really all of those in. topics to personal finance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know what ties all of those together? Personal finance? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, What's, this, what? this might prove how much I know about personal finance I mean, but if I, think, I can't tie these together, right? Oh, you're but good. Personal you're good. finance is just discussing dreams, right? Mm-hmm. And then like finding a way to turn it into reality. Okay. That's that's all it is. And I, I also think that like... Uh, a lot of people hear like big stories of like living abroad or travel and they convince themselves that money is the thing standing in the way. Mm-hmm. But very rarely is that actually the biggest barrier, right? Like, really? yeah, no, I, it, it truly is. I've totally convinced myself that money is the big barrier. Well, I don't think that money ever has to be the biggest barrier. I think that like you have like everything in life, you, you have a limited supply of time and money and you have to make decisions about prioritizing it um but if something is something you truly want to do you can figure out a way to make the money happen there's there's very little that you can't afford you just can't afford all the things right so but you can afford anything you want you just have to you just have to hone in on that thing um and I, i i in reality most of the big dreams that people i know have is like most people I know don't want to like own a Lamborghini. Like they they, and I I have a feeling very few Sprocket podcast listeners. <laughs> hey, that's hey, their, like, I, I take offense to that. <laughs> their biggest goal. But like, if your goal is like cycling across India, one living almost anywhere other than the U.S. is cheaper, right? So oh, like, hell yeah, right? So like, oh man, cost of yeah. living is a lot less. Um, if you're really motivated to do something like that. You just got to backwards engineer it, right? Like, that was, like, the the Trans-Siberian trip that I did. Like, I had so many people tell me, like, I wish I could afford to do that, but I never would be able to do that because Mm of X, Y, and Z thing. And I was Uh like, I share an apartment. (laughs) I eat 22-cent tacos for breakfast every morning, which are excellent, and I'm happy to talk about those. But, like... I, we will talk about those because I want to get on that I've, train. I've favorite, never favorite had an Instapot recipe. Anyone? Uh, <laughs> well, mainly black beans for my tacos. Yeah. If we're talking about by most used frequency. <laughs> but uh, I, I like, you know, I meal plan. I don't go to restaurants. I don't drink alcohol. I make choices. I've never owned a car. I've not taken out debt. I make choices in my life so that I can do this stuff. And like, I made $22,000 last year. That is just above the poverty line for Oregon. I do not make crazy amounts of money. I wish I did, but I don't. 
but I'm but you live like you do. I but I make <laughs> but I make the choices in my life to be able to afford that kind of right. stuff. And 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 it's this isn't like a attack of other people's choices, but a lot of people um, mindlessly make choices with their money that they don't realize are choices. Sure. And then they tell themselves that I can't afford I can't, X, Y, I can't Z. afford X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, you can. You just right now you care more about cable or right right. now you care more about like, and it's not just that small stuff, right? It's a lot of times it's this really big stuff, which is like, Right, it, it it doesn't have to even be bad. Like right, it could right be like, now, right, I care more about my health premium. Yeah, or yeah. right yeah. now, I care I care more about the fact that like I have to pay for daycare for my kid, and that's a thousand dollars a month, right? right? Um, or you know, you care more about living in the central city, and you're paying more in rent. But like, if you were willing to live in boring Oregon, you would be paying less in rent. Like, mm-hmm. and and you like you are making these trade offs constantly. And if you look at the long range and you backwards engineer from a goal that's a real goal, you can make it happen. So yeah, I'll I'll like yeah, I've been following along with the book that right. Lillian has put out, and it. Am I the only person in Portland who hasn't read this yet? <laughs> No. no, my my no. girlfriend, my but girlfriend talks show. about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, like you she and Jane should hang you, out because, like, she you, listens to you more than she listens to the sprocket. <laughs> I, my show is much shorter, so <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, your show doesn't have forty minutes worth of banter before we even hit <laughs> before the we... before we even hit the sounder. Come on! <laughs> Thank you very much to my editor, Will Romy, for making that happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, no, that's something that I. Like like you said in your book, like you felt always that you were good with money, right? But what does that really mean? And so like I think that the way that you laid stuff out, like even for me just as like a personal journey, um, I have been able to make some changes that are like allowing my values in life to be reflected in how I approach finance. And it, That's that's the that's whole it. goal. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like a lot of people think it's math. And it, in reality, one, we have these awesome pop pocket calculators that we carry around all the time and you you literally never have to do any math yourself with personal finance like you can type it into your pocket calculator if you don't have one borrow one from someone next to you right like we all are carrying around high power someone yeah yeah i mean even if you've got the the flip phone there's probably a calculator function and and like most personal finance is really basic arithmetic and 90 percent of it is like your own values and your own emotions going into money and what's driving your behavior and people because it's so emotional because money's really emotional like we carry a lot of stuff around from mm-hmm. our upbringing from our community from stories we've told ourselves from what we're all carrying around money baggage right like we've got it even if but we not don't money bag <laughs> but not money bag <laughs> but um well or even in my case like a lot of my money baggage is that is is literally like it it's what makes me good with money but that doesn't mean I'm not necessarily screwed up about money hmm. because I am like a pathological saver because security is this really core value for me but almost to the point where it's pathological like I hate spending money and it it make it leads me to make choices that sometimes cost me more money yeah. like so, I procrastinate on buying things I really need until sure. they cost more mm-hmm. <laughs> like i pay for like shipping last minute shipping on stuff that i because knew like, i needed oh shit i need this ago. tomorrow yeah, yeah yeah like because i just i don't know i i i believe that maybe if i just put it off i won't need to spend the money on it <laughs> yep. um oh and, and but at the same time like i 
like I own a business now and I've come from this very like nonprofity, you know, living the, my budget's always been very close and like risk is inherent in business. And it's really hard for me to make risky choices with my money, even because I value the security of my like savings so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Which is part yeah. of the reason I have so many freaking jobs. Like I keep doing jobs, even though my business like could probably support me if I was willing to work on it full time. Mm-hmm. Right. But instead, I'm like, yeah, I'll just keep grabbing jobs because it's it's easy. It's out there, right? Like it's it's easier somehow it's, it's for me what, to have. It's the what if factor. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm very bad at risk, and like so the, you can have money scripts that can lead to you having really good amounts of savings. But like I wrap my savings around me like a like a electric blanket that is sometimes way too warm for mm. the environment. Right so hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's it's yeah I it's transformational i guess i would say like i'm on anna's i'm on yeah. anna's boat yeah but, sure but sure also, no no she loves it and jane jane's been like guthrie stop talking about finance. <laughs> no like, and, but it's and so I, cool i love i love like what she filters out and, and brings mm-hmm. to me until until <laughs> it requires action on my part and <laughs> Here, here's here's the cool thing that like i i think i sussed out in the in this journey here yeah. is like everybody is either ready or not and it's okay to not be ready. Like when you're yeah. ready, it's there. It will yeah. always be there. It's never going away. And if that's not right now, don't beat yourself up about it. That's okay. Like, and then when you get there, if you do and when you want to, it's still there. There right will on. be some point for most people. There's some point, especially if like they're just tired of being broke, that they just it snaps. And until you really get that, like I call it kitten intensity, right? That like laser focused cats get for that little personal finance. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's cat themed. Uh, but it, like until until you just have that snap in you, it, it because so much of it is behavior changed, like it's real hard to drag someone into this stuff because it's so based around your own behavior. And if you, I guess like, personal finance because it's behavior change if it's driven purely by guilt and nothing by nothing else you won't get very far yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. guilt is guilt is a great motivator like for the short term the short term <laughs> yeah. right but it's it's hardly something that that you can yeah. just um i don't know like hit your wagon to and, right. and for it, the long term and you know? fear like and fear yeah. fear drives a lot of people and it also drives them to make really stupid personal finance decisions and it will happen really quickly and then they're like dealing with the repercussions of being fear driven. But like mm-hmm. so much of my personal finance is fear driven. It's just that my main reaction to that is to like hoard money, right. which like looks really good from the outside, but it's pathological <laughs> the way I right. do it. So, so, so speaking of, of fear and, and financial decisions based on fear. Yeah. Life insurance. Yes. Should you get it? I have a policy. Yeah, I have, well, I have a couple policies. You have a couple policies because you have no dependents. I've won through my union. Okay, that's automatic. Okay, and then I bought an extra like addendum to this. Okay, sort of a through work. Yes, they're kind of subcontracted by our union. Okay, but it's totally optional. But I bought into it at at some point in time. Um, and so anyways i bought this this uh life insurance policy the question is and i already know the answer to it should i keep said life insurance policy um how much are you paying for it i'm paying close to 90 dollars a month on it 
It's a whole life insurance policy then. It is a whole life insurance. Yeah, get rid of that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, so I already know the answer to that, but yeah. let's flesh this out. So um, there's two types of life insurance policies, mainly. let's. There's two primary ones. There's some other Term and ones. whole. Term yes. and whole. Whole life, as it and sounds. And term is what I got automatically just, yeah, just by being a Yeah, which is probably a, a pretty cheap. Employee. It's probably like 3 to... $20 I don't even, a month I don't even know how much it is because it's like taken out of my union. Yeah. Dues, and you're so. and you're young, so it's probably, you know, you are young. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um uh it's once you get close to retire once you're at, at statistical risk of dying, which right, you are right. not at your current not yet. age. Not yet. Um so whole life and term life insurance policies have a term they run out. Usually it's around twenty years. So essentially, like they will be, or what you could have through your union is what's called um, a guaranteed issue policy, which isn't necessarily term, but it's um, essentially it'll have a low coverage amount, right? So maybe it'll be $10,000 or something like that, um, which typically with life insurance, what you want is about 10 times your annual salary is the Mm. amount of coverage that you want. Mm. And the idea is that, so if you make $30,000 a year, you'd want around $300,000 of coverage. And the reason you would want that is the idea that your dependents would be able to then take that money, invest it, and then they would be able to pull out um, enough where they wouldn't have to touch the principal. They would be able to invest it and right. they would be able to pull out about close to your annual salary annually without draining the principal too much. Um, the goal of life insurance is to it's to cover funeral expenses, which are not crazy expensive, to be clear. Funerals, they're going up, but their rate of inflation is around 3% <laughs> a year. Like, they're not crazy. Which is, that's pretty good given the rate of inflation for other things. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's not at, like yeah. education, right? Right. <laughs> um, and, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I mean, it's absolutely nuts. Um, that's partially because, you know, you can't get federally backed financing for funerals. Oh, fancy that. Um, (laughs) That's a different policy rant. So whole life insurance policies mix, um, rather than term policies, what they do is they mix investing and insurance. So instead of just being insurance, which is saying like, hey, if this bad thing happens to you, we We pay out. We got you covered. Yeah. Right. Um, What whole life insurance policies do is like they say, hey, invest with us and spend some money and then we'll pay out the certain amount at different points in your life. For these various circumstances. And they have a cash value, which is part of the reason they're so much more expensive. Um, The The, the word annuity is coming to mind? They're not really the same as an annuity. Yeah. Um, They are actually an investment with a single company. Some of them have annuities in them, but not all of them do. Okay. Okay. but essentially, they're like they're their own thing that I do not like. Um, so the thing about whole life is that um, one, the goal with a term policy is just to get you covered, right? Like make sure that you can build some wealth and build some ass- assets, and then your dependents, whoever you leave your money to, all my dependents will have those yes. things. Um, whole life is um, the opposite, which is the idea that you like roll your investments in and have no choice in where those investments go. And they're usually invested with one company and they're very expensive. And the alternative would be to take that money, that $90 a month, and throw it into your retirement account. Ah. And that money is money that you can take out no matter what and you don't have to die um <laughs> or be dismembered or yeah. right and, like and tell you, me more. and so and the, <laughs> well this is this is sort of sort of why i i linked it to the the fear bases because yeah. mm-hmm. you know they talk about well okay if you are diagnosed with cancer yeah. you automatically no questions asked we will give you x amount like you know whatever it is you, yeah. you've invested with us and 
you know, I don't plan on getting cancer, but does anybody? And it's one of those things that like sneaks up on you. So do you have disability insurance through your union? Of course. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) But but you don't think about those things at the time. Yeah. You just think about like, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't Mm. know. What am I going to do? I mean, that's So in other words, they're playing on your fear. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. This is like what Geico does, right? So um, these like these insurance policies that you get through work that are like, we will pay you if you get sick and you you break your leg. If you get the Affleck. And it's only $15 a year. Yeah, like Affleck. Um, Sorry, I was getting my... um, like duck Geico versus lizard the, confused. It, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever like, anthropomorphic I, animal I, thing we got I remember going. like seeing an ad for Affleck that was like some dude skiing and he like broke his leg and it was like, looks like you're moving back in with your parents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it was like, I was like, because you didn't have an emergency fund? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, like really breaking a leg means that like you are immediately back in with your parents. Right, right. Like your financial planning and your like financial plan was not on stable ground anyway. Hmm. And like a third party company deciding that your injury is worthy enough for them to pay out for you is a lot l- more of a worse financial plan hmm. than just saving then some just, freaking money for yourself. Than just putting money away. Yeah. 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 Saving towards your deductible even. Yeah. Your deductible, like, I don't know, being able to pay a month of expenses ahead. Like yep. a one month emergency fund is doable for most people. Like you can get it together in like three months if you just focus on it, right? Most people. If it's going to take longer than three months for you, up to eight eight months is like the average if you take everybody across all demographics to get like a one month buffer mm-hmm. of, of expenses. And that's starting from nothing, right? right? And you can do it. And if you've got that one month buffer in place, that frees up a lot of that stress it's, that people have that yeah. causes them to think that they're going to have to move back in with their parents the second that they hurt themselves right. in a civilized country, right? <laughs> like that, it, it, that your first thing shouldn't have to be like moving back in with family is fine, but like I don't want also, your financial plan to be based on a duck. And if you have to take, <laughs> if you have to like charge the credit card to get a U-Haul to go move in with your parents, like you're just you're just compounding the issue yeah, there. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think one of the nice things... Of- so get rid of your whole life insurance policy. I'm yeah. going to check yeah. up on this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, w- I would love to... Yeah. You'll get love paid, to you usually get paid out some cash value. For, oh, really? For, for canceling for it. Yeah. It? And then just take that and then oh, throw it in hey. Throw it in yeah. a taxable investment account. You can't put it in your retirement at this point. But. What, what really... St- I mean, I've... Put so- it in an emergency fund to cover burial expenses or whatever you're paranoid <laughs> about. Right. right? right. I, I think one of the things, like, that kind of clicked for me and like the process of reading this book is you're ready when your mental process changes from I should to I want to. To I want to. As soon as you're in I want to, you're good to go. I'm going to use that. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think the thing is, is like this stuff seems so scary and so many people are caught up in like the should and the guilt around financial stuff that, um, what they don't realize is once you start doing this and once you get to a place where you start to have this more dialed in, like nobody is done with it, right? It's not a trophy you can put on the shelf. There's you no finish line. There's no finish line. It's a, it's a continual process. Like financial management is a process. It's, mm-hmm. it's a thing you have to do on a regular basis. Um, but once you do it, the sense of like peace that you feel in your life when like money isn't the greatest source of panic and that like, every small thing doesn't compound like that compounding effect, right? You know, like you lose your purse and 
you can't hit your deductible on your renter's insurance. And then you realize like there's like this cascade of effect where like you have a parking ticket and you can't pay it. And then you're paying interest and then you get a garnishment. Like, like those kind of things that are just like that treadmill of stress that you get put on when like it, it can happen at all income levels, right? Like a lot of times the higher income levels, those problems are just bigger, right? (laughs) Right? Because you convince yourself that you have money because you're making a good income, but you have no savings, right? Yeah. You've got leverage. So you just got leverage to get yourself in a bigger ditch, right? Like (laughs) That's all it is. Um, And I I see this a ton with people making tech salaries, right? Hmm. Especially you're in your early twenties and you're making six figures because you like graduated with a computer science engineering degree and like literally anybody. Anybody grabs you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Anybody that can handle cocoa that's 22, someone will throw them a six-figure salary. And they they don't, one, they don't realize that, like, their student loan debt is a thing they need to get rid of, right? Mm-hmm. They just sort of, like, auto. Uh, I'll get I'll Yeah, get I'll get that. Because right. so like, the month I had this exact I'm, conversation, I'm like, yeah. yesterday. Really? After, with a good oh. friend, yeah. <laughs> but they also, like, they, they go out and they finance things based on the monthly payment because mm-hmm. everything is... They'll, they'll be like, oh, I can afford that car. And I'm like, you can't afford that car. You've got $60,000 of student loan debt. Just because you're making a six-figure salary doesn't mean that you can afford a $400 a month car payment, right? Like, and, and so it's just a bigger shovel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, but, th- but what's also really awesome about that on the flip side is once you get to that point of, of dealing with this stuff, of, of digging up all that emotional crap we all have built up about money. Because we all do. We all sure. have it. It's just buried deeper for some of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have any, I want to hear from you because I want to know what your parents did raising you. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I'm going to give that advice to everyone, right? Um, but the uh, what, like, if you have a big shovel, that big shovel can be used in amazing ways yeah. if you start dealing with with it. So if you are making a good tech salary, think of what like a six figure salary in 10 years can do if you're really focusing on it. Right. Cause I see so many people that just throw it away. Is it, is it mostly a, it. a question of Literally. thinking, thinking long-term versus short-term or is it something different? Uh, it's that trade-offs thing. So yeah. I mean, the long-term is great, but you don't have to have a grand plan for your life. Um, you just have to think in terms of trade-offs and it helps to have a median, medium-term plan. I'm not, I'm not going to make it up, but like, you don't have to say like, I've got everything figured out. You don't have to say like, I've got a 20 year plan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Like I, I had multiple revelations throughout just like going through things and, um, I think like it challenged my fundamental assumptions of like, again, like what a relationship to money means, just like whether you make zero dollars or whether you make a hundred thousand, like it really doesn't matter. All of this is applicable across the spectrum. And and sure, you'll you'll be in places, depending on where you're at right now, that will be more difficult or less difficult to work through. But that being said, um, it it's interesting to look at just like the parallels it has to everything else. And you were talking a little bit about the emotional or, or like well-being sense uh, and just realizing how like even just keeping that on the periphery that, that having a pulse of where you're at in terms of your comfort with your finances really allows you to like free up mental space mm-hmm. for other things. Like I signed up for a WordPress programming course yesterday because I didn't have to worry about like where that course cost cost was coming from because you know doing this for three months I'm like oh like I just found these extra you know dollars that I can now put towards that 
um, I guess what I mean to say is like it, it stretches pretty far Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes surprising. Like I found myself on a three hour phone conversation with my dad, just talking about like lessons that he like, whether meaning to or didn't meaning to like at one point in time attempted to impart on me. And then like, here I am at, at the current stage in life being like, Oh shit. Like, you know, I could see that you were trying to that make, do me a solid. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for trying to do me a solid there. I'm sorry. It took so long, but I'm really happy. I'm starting now. Um, it, and in regards to that, I think that it is work, but again, if you can change like should to, I want to, you're prepped, you're ready to go. And, and in that regard, like, I, like straight up, I spent probably on the first chapter of the book that came out, I, I probably spent like eight to 14 hours. Wow. Like, because I took it pretty seriously and I was like into it, right? Like, I, I'm probably not your best like use case scenario, <laughs> like your average reader. Um, but, but just, you know, as I, as I tweeted like earlier this a month ago, it's like, don't spend all this time looking for apps that will help you manage your money. Like that, that that's me. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so in that regard, like you, you, it, it is work right? Like it's, it's work in a sense, but it's also in the same sense I find in life when you invest in yourself, whether that's through knowledge or through other avenues, like you will always be able to keep that return. And so I view like having a healthy relationship with finances as investing in yourself. Yeah. I, um, one thing that I kind of found really interesting in the way that I kind of shifted this is that once I had a, um, once I'd like had really grow, kind of hung out with my finances, I realized like how excited I was to get paid, not because I wanted that money to go to like immediate things, mm-hmm. but, but because I was so excited about like budgeting months in the future yeah. for like fun things and the playing, yeah. like how fun it was to play with the money. Um, and and I realized that like my process of dealing with bills and invoicing had like changed completely. Oh. <laughs> and how much more free thinking about like I'm making like a lot less money than I was a couple years ago, but I I have better systems in place now. And I used to I used to like lead from this place of like panic or fear in regards to like now I can leave lead from this place of generosity because I know it's in the budget. And so it's a lot easier for me to be, make decisions of like, Oh no, no, don't worry about paying me back for that drink. Like I, mm, you know, I got it. And yeah. I get, and like, <laughs> and I, and I really do. And it, yeah, it's not yeah. because I have more money available, but it's because I really know where it's all going. Yeah. And I know people who do that, that it, that it isn't in their best interest because they like right. don't have it together. Mm. Um, and it's, it's so nice to be able to do that and know that but it's I just, like I in just the plan. I just want to be generous. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but it's like, and it feels good. Yeah. You, you can get that and still feel amazing about everything else. That <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like, so, so the, the example, um, I guess I would use in, in my personal life is, um, there's a really, really amazing fellow who's a street roots vendor and works nearby to where I am downtown. And so, Street roots is our yes, local, uh, yeah. <laughs> our our local uh, street paper month yep. monthly right uh, weekly weekly yep. paper comes out um, put together by and for people mm-hmm. um, well for everybody but by mostly people living outside yeah, yeah. And, and, and organized through yeah. that yeah yeah exactly exactly um and, and so like a, we a, should get Israel ba- oh no Israel ba- no is we should get Kaya Sam yes we should get Kaya on the show sometime um. So, so in that, in that regard, uh, you know, like I, sometimes I would buy a paper, sometimes I wouldn't. Right. But having a, 
a knowledge of where I'm at and what I want to put, you know, whatever that amount is towards. Like I can now say, hey, you know, I actually like count on this every Sunday. I will yeah. be here, you know, with a dollar I'll or two, right. you know, and, and you can do that. You don't have to think about it. You're, you've already made a choice to do that type of spending. And so the ability to do good, like I think the line in your book is like, you don't have to be a broke crust punk to <laughs> yeah. like, uh, uh, <laughs> To like be successful or, or something to like give back to yeah, community yeah. or to be part of the well, wait. The, I can buy soap and be generous. You yeah. can. Yeah. You literally can. Well, and this was like mind breaking. Well, and I I came from like my so early early on in my career. I I lived in a Catholic worker house, which is um radical. Uh, it's radical hospitality, and I'm I'm not Catholic, and most Catholic workers actually aren't Catholic. Right. Just to to be clear, but it's um, mostly a Catholic with a small C, if that. Yeah. 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 And, um, but it's one of the core tenets is voluntary poverty and living in poverty to serve those in poverty. Yeah, yeah. And then I followed that up with two years in AmeriCorps, which is like literally, also voluntary. Yeah. It's, it's voluntary poverty. Yeah, and I it, spent two years in AmeriCorps. And it's, yeah. it's, it's keeping it, it specifically, you are serving people in poverty. And so they, and they keep you at a poverty wage yeah. for lots of reasons. But one of them is they believe that, that you know, that creates empathy. And, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize how much it was hard for me to unlearn this core belief that I had that I had to be poor to be noble and I was a bad person if I was making Uh, good money yeah and and that like my the only way I could make good work and and be like a good person in the community is if I was living in poverty because Mm -hmm. if I was doing work in nonprofits and I was making a good salary then I would like lose touch Mm -hmm. or something like that and then I realized like it's the it's the oxygen mask thing right which is that like you have to be able to you you have to you have to be able to yourself you have to put it on yourself before and you got to take care of yourself and you got to get yourself if you are freaked out and worried about your student loans and you're making twenty thousand dollars a year and you have sixty thousand dollars of student loans and you're working in a nonprofit you are going to be in a perpetual state of panic. And you, how are you going to give good service? How are you going to serve people well, right? If you are worried about unstable housing and you're worried about your food stamps getting cut, like you, it's hard to be as good at serving people. You don't have people. that space for empathy, then, but, well, because even if you, more even if you're empathetic word. as hell, poverty is exhausting, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and um, it, it's, it's like also like in outdoor leadership, a very similar concept is like take care of yourself. So that you can then take care of others. Yeah. That it turns out that it's in many fields. And yet, <laughs> well, like I had all of these built up things around it where I was like failing to kind of see. And, and it, I didn't, frankly, I'm not making that much more than I was before, but I, I, part of getting better systems in place and like saving for retirement and, and making choices around money for me was just, and, and saving quite a lot was also my ability to walk away from bad situations because, um, so I'm a big fan of fu money, um, and I please explain fu money. I mean, I've, is essentially I've, I've it got is, a concept in my head. Yeah, but... it is whatever amount of money. It's very personal. Sure, that lets you say nope to get out of a situation, and it depends on what that situation is. For me, huh. it was a really toxic job. I was working in uh-huh. politics in the 2016 election. I thought it was a dream job. It was not. Dream mm-hmm. was a nightmare. Uh, it was a nightmare. And I had 18 months of savings in cash. I just walked like, you know, probably not the best political, not the best political bridge I've ever burned. Um, But I as far as resume building. Not yeah, well, and then I went and started my own business, which is like excellent for your resume. <laughs> um, now I'm going to be an entrepreneur. 
Um, uh. But uh, like, I know so many people that like if and the stats are there like a third of Americans if their next paycheck didn't show up would be homeless in a month and and so many people are living paycheck to paycheck and um and it's the median salary to be clear should not have you living paycheck to paycheck you are you are outliving your means if you're making Eighty thousand dollars a year. You're, the average, the median wage Are we right talking now. Median or or average? Because well, median median is the absolute middle. Yeah. Versus mean or average, which is right. something the different. Average is way higher. Right. Um. But the the median is you know forty nine thousand is the median household income sure. right now in yeah. the states, and which is like I've never seen that kind of money. <laughs> right. Um. And and you should not be. You shouldn't be at that f- point. You should not yeah. be no, living you, paycheck. To you, paycheck. you shouldn't yeah. be living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. at almost any income if you give yourself some time. Because all savings takes is living below your means and time. That's it. That's all it takes living to get to, below your means. Below your means and yeah. time. That's it. I I think like don't two... spend a hundred percent. That's all it takes. <laughs> if you can only save a dollar. It's gonna you know just gonna take you that many paychecks before you've got a eight hundred dollars. Right. right. But that being said, that's one more dollar towards that cause. Like that, that. I guess that's where it applies. Like across levels of like you it. Obvi- like there are places where like you're just totally down in the ditches, right? And that can feel very frustrating and very defeating. Um, but through like a better understanding of that and like growing that relationship, like even in those situations, you do have a way out. Yeah. Like it, it, it kind of reminds me of, of pledge drive time. And I, I say oh, this because yeah. my, my favorite radio station is in its current. Oh, pledge is it? drive. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, I haven't driven this month. because <laughs> my, my favorite radio station isn't on pledge uh, drive. <laughs> but, uh, but they, you know, they always say like, even if you can just give like, you know, just a dollar a month, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a dollar a month towards the goal. That's, you know, yeah. Even if you can only save one more dollar, like I'm a big fan one of the more dollar in your savings. This so. is not my challenge. This is yeah. um, Paula Pant from Before to Anything's challenge, but she calls it the one percent challenge, which is this save month 1%. save one percent, mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. month save two percent, next month save three percent, one percent you won't notice, two percent you probably won't notice, three mm-hmm. percent you might notice a little bit, yeah, and by the end of the year you've saved twelve percent if you can just. Bring it up one percent, one percent, and that could be making more money. You know, and and that's one of the big things I talk about with the one month buffer. If you're low income, your one month buffer could be your tax refund check, right? right? You know, it could be like you if you're looking for that money to build that one month buffer, you're gonna find it, but you have to be looking for it. You you have to make it a goal to get there. Um, it's just, or it's, it's, just, it's selling like show, something. It's, it's like you know? showing up, right? Yeah. You're showing up to your finances. Yeah. You're yeah. saying, hey, I'm here. Showing up to your finances, though, is so hard for so many people. I'm a big, this is why I like cats for it, which we haven't even talked about yet. But no. the book is filled with cats. So my book, Get Your Money Together, is a personal, come out. it comes out on tax day, which is April 17th in the U.S. Um, and it's Wait, been, 15th is dead? It's 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 just because the fifteenth fell on a weekend. It's sure. a Sunday. Oh yeah. no! And then for some reason they like never do it on a Monday, so it's mm. a Tuesday. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I I didn't say I understand, mm. but uh, the IRS. But it was eighteenth last year, so they're moving it back. Mm. I guess. Um. Anyway, it comes out on tax day, and it's a personal finance guide, yes. which is all cats, cat theme, mm-hmm. and so it's illustrated cats. They're adorable. They explain everything. And the idea is just that showing up to your finances is so hard for so many people. It's so emotional. And if you have adorable kitties, and they're in a book, so even if you're allergic, they're still adorable. <laughs> it, it softens the blow. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also dress have up like- you have you got feedback of that sort? Like have you have you? Oh, had people, I, there's yeah. so many people who told me that they only backed it because of the cats, because and the then cats. they're like, "Oh, this is actually I really needed this." <laughs> like, like, in, in in complete and utter honesty, I am yeah. one of those people. Oh, like, no joke. I was like, "Cats, fuck it, I'm sold." <laughs> um, and we did like really adorable add-ons, like um, a local business business casual that makes um, casual re- <laughs> recycled cat bow ties. Um, ah. They made money print bow ties that are so cute. Um, <laughs> so that was one of the add-ons. And then one of the add-ons was that your cat could be in the book mm-hmm. if you back the Kickstarter. Oh. Because we funded it through a Kickstarter. Send, you, send you a picture of, of your cat. And, and then it got illustrated and is in the book. Oh. And so, and we have an index of all the cats in the back. So you can like go look up your cats. So see, you don't need, you don't need to read Patreon donors. You have people sending you cat pictures. I, cat I had boobies. so many, I had 389 people. Back That's badass. Um, that are like, and right some on. people gave, a lot of the people that backed it don't need it. Like I, people I know from like early retirement forums <laughs> that are like millionaire, <laughs> legit millionaires um, that just really wanted to see cats explaining personal finance in the uh-huh. world and backed it and were incredibly sweet. And because of that, um, uh, we did a program called Pay It Forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's a cat pun. It doesn't yeah, work yeah. as well on the radio. Um, Which I think is a great way to do it by the way <laughs> well it was it was so essentially you could get an ebook but then you could donate a book to someone low income um oh, cool. and i do a lot of programs in the local area so i do a ton of workshops um for local organizations um which is part of my like making sure that i always pay it forward as part of my career and so i teach financial literacy to um mostly low-income youth homeless youth um I also am teaching, I'm doing workshop for every AmeriCorps that's graduating AmeriCorps <laughs> at the end of this month. Where were you? <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> I was, that's why I was so frustrated because yeah. I was, I got into tax prep, um, low income tax prep, uh, when I was in AmeriCorps. I, I banked uh-huh. a lot of my hours doing tax prep and, um, uh, the AmeriCorps Education Award that you get for doing service for that your country is income is, and it's taxable. It's taxed at 10% regardless of your tax bracket. Re- that much? I haven't I, used it yet. I'm reluctant to use it for that fact because okay, I, I know it's, one, it's taxable income. It's 5000 freaking dollars. You're the five hundred dollars of tax you're getting. You're you're not going to get that tax unless you use it. So you might well, as well use it. Good point. Um, yeah. And it expires after seven years, so you can make I better sure hurry you up. got to use yeah. it. You can I, use I it got, on like you I can use it on like community stuff. college classes for video yeah. editing and stuff. You can use it on ECC. fun stuff. You can buy a laptop leftover with it. student loans. More leftover <laughs> student loans. Well, you should definitely do that if you got yeah. some student loans hanging around. I think. Um, um, I, I think like two of the things that surprised me the most about about the book where one your relationship doesn't have to be static Mm. you it's okay to change things your relationship to money yeah no just like yes absolutely like that but also on a more granular level like if something comes up uh, the concept of rolling with the punches and and being like well fuck this happened right and then you you adjust to it and then you just Ah. keep going a lot of people believe that living on a budget means their budget looks exactly the same every month and that is like there is nothing further from the truth. It's almost I, antithesis. I'm all about the gray area and like, oh, personal finance, it's individual. The one thing I can guarantee is your budget will never look the same each month. Yeah. Like, uh, it's always going to change. And people always tell me when they first start budgeting, like, I can't do it. I can't stick to it. Like, stuff always comes up and I blow the budget. I'm like, you didn't blow the budget. You just you didn't make the budget, budget. well. Yeah, you changed uh, it. You didn't, you, you got to move stuff from other categories. Things are mm-hmm. going to come up. And the first, like, three months of starting to budget, and there's a ton of different ways to budget. It's not the same for everyone. Um, 
you got to find a method that works for you. Um, and I walk through a bunch of different methods in the book and there's like a little Venn diagram with cats that will help you choose based on your own personality style, um, including like freezing credit cards and ice, if that works for you, uh, if you're very impulsive, but, uh, the thing that's about the- a real thing that people do. Yeah, it's a real yeah. thing people do. Uh- <laughs> Guthrie's pointing to himself. Yeah, this is great. Hey, you got to try I'm, it out. I'm learning so much more about my co-host right now. Uh, but yeah, I like bike trips and having fun. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I, th- so usually people tell me like I couldn't get into it. It didn't work, and I'm like, the first month is n- it n- it's never good for anyone. It turns out like if you haven't been paying attention to your finances. Um, or if you've been doing the like, I just check my bank account to make sure there's money there before I spend it. And like, you know, it doesn't have the, the money in your bank account doesn't have a job. It's just right. sort of like, oh, well, I go into overdraft and that's been your method, which sure. is a lot of people's method. Um, Live like a king for two weeks of the month, yeah. like a pauper for the next two. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That cycle. Um, if you've been doing that, it turns out that like, most people have no idea how much they spend on certain things in their sure. life if they haven't been paying attention. Like, I know a lot of people that couldn't even give you a couple hundred dollars range of how much I spend on groceries in a month. They're like, maybe $50, maybe 500 I really have no idea. That was a big eye-opener for me. Really? How groceries? Much, how much you spend on groceries. And this was actually predates your, uh, your book. Um, we had a credit card that we just got out and it was like, you know, spend X amount of dollars within the first couple mm-hmm. months and, you kick back. and yeah, you get yep. this kickback and I'm like, there's no way we're going to do that. And, and it was like, we can do that in the first two months of groceries. If we just pay our groceries. Oh for two no. Months. And I'm like, we don't spend that much. And she's like, yeah, we do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll prove it to you. Uh, we will, we will buy our groceries exactly the same. And and you'll see. And lo and behold, yeah, two months and maybe oh some change of groceries. Is, just just using that credit card for groceries. So I owe a lot. My grocery spending, um, it's not as low as I would love, but I, you know, kind of has some luxuries. And I yeah. owe a lot to AmeriCorps because I was on food stamps for so long yeah. between AmeriCorps and nonprofit jobs that um, I got like 170. You, um, wait, this is a little bit of a digression you were able to secure food stamps while on americorps um americorps guarantees you food stamps you just have to know how to apply for some reason technically your income does not count as as it did you have any other income or was someone else claiming you as a dependent well my house my room and board were were, covered were covered so maybe that was it um no you should have well if you hit if you check the sharing food box on the app Uh, which is like what a lot of people do Mm. um anyway so, anyway, yeah, 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 that's a digression. I, I love, back, I, back to, I love to dive into this though. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so I had food stamps, and you get one seventy a month when you're in food stamps uh, in Oregon. Back then, it's a little more now. Um, mm. If your if your income is essentially counted as zero, which it is if you're in AmeriCorps because it's a sti- it's technically a stipend, not um, not the not same as income. like it's weird. It's so little money. Just like your health insurance is health money. benefits, not health insurance when you're in AmeriCorps. Oh, this was pre ACA, <laughs> so it's different. But um, and uh, I, I, I could never spend 170 in a month. Like I always struggled, and like I would essentially just be buying stuff for breakfast on the bridges at the end of the month. Oh, I'd be yeah. like, you know, like oh, yeah. <laughs> it's right before VIP. I guess I'll just like start buying things. Mm. And I always like money would always expire because it rolls over for three months right. and then it and expires then, yeah. on food stamps. Yeah. And because of that, I can never spend more than 170 a month in food because that's like been my upper limit for mm-hmm. so right. many of my adult years yeah. that it was just natural. And I actually, you when I got rid of food stamps, or 170, you know what it feels like. Well, you go to the I, grocery store and that's what you end up with. Right. Well, and I, I, 
had been doing that for so long that when I finally like one, I was, I wanted to like burn my food stamps card. And when I finally made enough money, I didn't qualify anymore. Right. Like I, I symbolically wanted to be like, I will never be I'm back free. at this point not, in my yeah, life. I'm not doing this like again. I, I never want to make so little money again that I qualify for this. And, um, but I turned it back in because they can reuse it and I'm, I'm a good taxpayer. Um, I wanted to burn it. I mentally burned it, but then I'm, <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, you can reuse this. And I know it costs like $20 to the taxpayer if I burn it. So I'll give it back. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like how you know how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> I love reading government budgets. Oh. Um, but I, uh, but one of the things that I did is I actually took out like a prepaid debit card every month that I put 170 on it when I got off food stamps and I would just use it as my food budget oh, wow. because I was so worried that like not having something that would bottom out at 170 would uh-huh. mean that I would overspend on groceries. Right, right. And I did that for like a couple years. Um, and, and then like now it's just natural. Right. So I spend, I spend one, about 115 to 130 each month on groceries, but per um, month. Yeah. That boggles my mind um but that doesn't include coffee so i spend another mm-hmm. do you but, split it out you split yeah out, you split out coffee and alcohol i technically yeah i don't drink alcohol so it's yeah. uh, nothing but um vices split yeah out the vices. i split i split out coffee and i split out um treats now i mm. started doing that in january so when i because i live a half block from trader joe's <laughs> and God, it's dangerous. in between the gym and my house, yes. which is like the most dangerous because I'm like, I just ran for an hour. So I, I earned this. And, yeah. and like they have such good snacks. So I have implemented a treats budget because I really wanted to track like my mood against like my impulse buying mm-hmm. of treats. Uh-huh. And essentially every time a book deadline got near my treats budget would get out of control. Mm-hmm. Ah. I, th- I think it's also important to note that like you can be as granular or non-granular yep. as yep. you feel you need to be. Like just because it works for Lillian doesn't mean that's what you have I, to do. That's not like, I the love, goal. Of, I love data and yeah. I I would not recommend the way that I budget to most people. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. um, it's, it's like finding where you're comfortable. And right. that's one of the big things I have about like is finding your budgeting method is like it's not all spread sheets it's not the same every month for a lot of people it could just be three bank accounts one for essentials one for discretionary and one for savings and stuff gets your paycheck gets split into the three and if you've always been the kind of person that's gonna and you know that there's no way you're gonna track granularly you can just have three accounts and make sure you check the balance on it like that is a method of budgeting yeah like the budgeting is making a plan for your money and it can take a lot of different forms, but that's all it is. So, and a lot of people are scared off by the word budget. So, like, sure. I'm like, come up with a different word. Right. <laughs> like, if it's the word that's the problem, call it like, call it Trachosaurus. Yeah. Money fantastic glitter outline. I don't care. <laughs> like, I just call it something else. Um, because I think a lot of people have like really negative associations with the word budget. Sure. And I'm like, that should not be the barrier between you getting your money together <laughs> is like a, a six letter word. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we talked about money a lot. We is, did. Is there anything else we should talk about? This oh, like, you know. It's getting dark outside. It is. It is. Oh, I've been up yes. since 4.30 this morning, and it's not. Me too. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, yeah. I went to. Uh, I, I missed, I missed you reach. folks by like an hour and a half. It was me. <laughs> oh, right. Because you went to bed at three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, uh, don't take on huge WordPress projects very, if you want very, sleep. Or actually, very, no, wait. Very do occasional. and yeah. enjoy it. 
don't take on huge WordPress projects Period. when oh. X Y Z. I yep. I feel like every when indie, you're alive. Oh wait, that's I feel every like time. every indie web camp I try to like redesign my WordPress website in like <laughs> a day because I always like start really ambitious and then mm-hmm. by the end of the day I was like, this Ugh. is a terrible idea. Yeah. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I just also work in a sandbox. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> don't live live change your theme on your WordPress website try to finish it in eight hours so order the book it's pretty swell <laughs> also the book is like eight dollars so like what do you got to lose yeah exactly um and if you work in a low-income uh low-income group in your community that you want to teach a financial literacy course to i still have some books to give away that i oh, will yeah. ship via media mail um and info about that is on the oh my dollar website but um yeah that so is like oh my dollar Dot com. Oh my dollar dot com, like oh my god, but oh my dollar. It has cats. Check it out. Speaking of cats, we here's know. our calendar. <laughs> <laughs> First thing on the calendar is the Oh My Dollar book launch on May 17th. Oh shit. Yes. Yeah. Why is that not on our calendar? It's on it my is, calendar. It's uh yeah. All right. I love, I love, I love, I love don't don't ever use that. Don't worry, Tim. We will continue to do so. Always. On the second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. Second Friday of every month also is the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Every second Sunday of every month, which was just yesterday for us, recording here in the studio, was the Corvidi Bike Club Ride. And on I missed April- you guys because it was raining. I'm not going outside. It's, it was pretty good good and rainy out. <laughs> this is really gross. I, I picked up our groceries. We did the whole like click list thing. And we picked we decided to pick them up Saturday. I'm not really thinking <laughs> how awful it was. Yeah. Anyways, we pulled up and they felt so bad for us. No. <laughs> we had to like put everything on our bikes. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on April 14th, Lads 500, where St- Team Sprocket Podcast will interview Yes, you. come talk to us, or else we will talk to you. April 22nd, Randy Joe Fabrications, their trunk show at Ravello PDX. And also on April 28th, Grant Peterson at Ravello. April 29th, the Monster Cookie Metric Century. And also April 29th, the Yakima Valley Fondo with... That- from Pete D and Yakima. Yes. May 4th through 6th, Film by Bike here in PDX. Check it out. May 12th, Mashley Scavenger Hunt Ride. That also meets at Ravello. Hey, but before May 12th, May 7th? No, May 17th. 17th. Oh, after May 12th, May, May 17th. 17th. <laughs> Get your money together book launch at Outlet PDX, which is uh, oh, yeah. Where is in that? Portland. Uh, it is... Uh, 2200 Sandy, Northeast Sandy. Northeast Sandy, it's here a, in Portland. It's actually a really cool like artist studio who makes zines about money, and so she's hosting it. I'm Wait trying to get cats was there, a, but we'll see. Was that a co-working space at some point? No, it or actually is a former car else? dealership that got turned into like artist studios. It's hmm. really cool. Um, It has Project Object, which is what a lot of people know uh-huh. it for, as like a storefront. So it's it's a really cool space. They have like palm trees in their courtyard, which is super weird in Portland. I am going to go check that out. Well, like you walking, can. It's on walking May seventeenth. Dis- yes. <laughs> yes, I have no excuse. It's walking distance from my house. <laughs> yeah. Really? 
Yeah. Where do you live now? Okay. I'll ask you this when you're not on air. 20th and Sandy. Really? (laughs) Essentially, yeah. You know I live in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like down the street. I should go. I'm right down the hill. Just roll We can meet at the no. It's exactly in the middle now. Oh, that's right. I hope they start serving burgers again soon. Did they stop? No, it's a long story. Okay. Sorry. I, I'm wait, editing. Wait. By the way, we I'm have editing time. all we this. We have time out. for a long story, don't we? <laughs> no, it's, it's, I got to go to work the in night the morning. Is yet yeah. young. It's 8.45 p.m. <laughs> Speaking of which, on May 16th, the Santa Cruz, California Ride of Silence. That was organized by Gregory Braithwaite. May 19th, the DC Bike Ride. And June 2nd, the Gifford Gravel 500, or excuse me, 50, 500 would be too much on the Gifford Gravel Ride. <laughs> June 2nd, Wiser River Ride. June 16th, Ravello 3rd Anniversary. June 23rd, Petal Pedal. August 19th, the Portland Century. September 2nd, the Tour de Lab. And September 8th through 9th, the MS-150. And September 22nd, the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race in Lowell, Massachusetts. And not yet on the calendar, but courtesy of one of our readers, a.k.a. Jeremy Kitchen. Ooh. We don't have the date for it, but we thought we'd let you know about this fun little thing called Cycle Oregon. Oh, yes. Ooh. We don't have the date for it. But we shall on our next episode. It, it, it should be the second week of September. In the second okay. week of September. <laughs> I don't think it's Traditionally, moved, it's, I don't it's think it's moved in 28 <laughs> years. So, yeah. Unless we're, they're maybe trying to avoid fires after. Oh, yeah. yeah. Last we we time, shall so. see. We shall see. Also, some upcoming film by bike. Tour dates, Albany, New York, July 22nd, Seattle, Vancouver, Seattle and Vancouver, Washington, dates are to be determined, Arcata, California, in November of 2018, and in Bendigo, Australia, in October 2018. You, you know what really quenched my thirst when we were reading those mm. calendar dates, Aaron? What quen- I can't believe we went this long without talking about what we're drinking today. What what are what are we drinking? Well, I'll start. <laughs> I, I'll tell you. I'm I'm not drinking anything because because, because <laughs> I miscalculated the number of kombucha drinkers in the studio this night. But I've been having a great time with the vicious mosquito India Pale Ale and having nothing to do with the length of this episode. All this useless energy, <laughs> German style Hellas beer. Um. I actually was just entering this into my fitness pal like food tracker as we oh, were yeah. talking, so I feel like it's really appropriate. I'm drinking the Lionheart Dry Kombucha. The Lionheart. Lionheart. Raspberry Harvest, which is like delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. And thank you, Aaron Flores, for oh, donating that's... it to me. <laughs> so so not not to be put too high on a pedestal. I did have a kombucha before coming to the studio, oh, so it was a little bit easier to <laughs> to give this one up. I I love that they went to a dry kombucha recipe, though. It's really good. Yeah. It still has like a little more sugar in it than ideal, but yeah, I think it's lower than most. Like definitely lower than, than GTS, which is and Townsend kind of my favorite. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. lower than Townsend. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of one that that might be lower than Lionheart, actually, and I, I can't. I don't. I mean, you need a little Lionheart, bit but... of something for the kombucha to yeah, eat. So. Yeah, to ferment. Could it be called? And now for what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like. My 
All right, what do we got going on here? From TriMet Bike and Ride, new facilities are going in. New facilities are going in. New bike and rides are coming to Goose Hollow and Beaverton Creek. Ride your bike, Goose Hollow. Oh, oh no, that was Guthrie Straw. straw. <laughs> I was like, I, I was, I was oh, excited I when I was you, writing it into yeah. our notes okay. that I decided to annotate it with my <laughs> initials. Construction begins today. Today. Literally. Literally today. today, right as well, maybe before we're speaking. Uh, on bike parking facilities, which will each include secure enclosed spaces and open racks, the nearby max platforms will remain open during construction, and we expect to complete both projects later this summer. Wait, speaking of TriMet oh. and bike oh, yeah. parking. Oh, oh yeah. I have, oh, yeah. I have a tiny rant about this. <laughs> yes. So I, my morning job is I work at this high-end fitness studio, and we're in the Pearl, and I get there at 5.30 in the morning. And because of that, Pearl's a little sketchy at 5.30 when you're alone in a uh, I would imagine. facility in the dark. And um, I have a very nice bicycle made by Mr. Joseph Ahern here in Portland, it's custom made custom made it is the most expensive thing i own by far and it is beautiful and i love it very dearly and um, because of that i do not like to park it outside of my sight especially when i am in the pearl and it is sketchy which which in life is just we just call that common or plain old sense yeah and um i'm not allowed to bring it into my work even though i work in a oh. fitness studio that literally has bikes hanging on the yeah, wall yeah. as decoration <laughs> I am not allowed to bring it into work. It's like a work policy. Huh. Um, and I, so I've been parking it. The only, there are bike racks and they're out of, even though we have like wall to wall windows, the, both of the bike the racks bike are, happen to be They just are at, just out of view <laughs> of the front desk that I'm at all day. And so I've been parking at the, for like five months, I've been parking my bike at the corner exactly where I can see it. It's like on my direct side of view, right. mm. but it's on the blue TriMet bus stop sign okay which is like the only place there's nothing else to lock to in uh, the whole there's nowhere else that i right. can lock to there's like one of those short parking signs that someone could just like jack it over and right. like pull them off and like people are like regularly passed out in front of my work that like when i come in like it is not a i have to like keep people from like coming in all the time it's not like a super safe area to, to put it another way bikes do get stolen yeah in downtown people's Portland. cars get broken into all the time in front of my work um and today I got a warning sticker attached with the largest zip tie I have ever seen. I had to like cut it off with like bolt cutters at my really? work. I was so this big. Is like, there's no way you know, anyone's going to take this, this one off. It's a big red warning thing. I actually brought it into the studio and it says, yeah. Can I take a picture of this one? Yeah. Uh, the, the cost of the taxpayer for the zip tie for that. Was probably at least at least a dollar fifty. Hey, I, let's say that, yeah, it was like <laughs> substantial, and they um, cited that I had violated TriMet Code Chapter Thirty, um, except that it is clearly made for a car, so I don't think I had violated TriMet Code Chapter Thirty because <laughs> it says your vehicles will be subject to tow and citation for any future violations, and mm. then it said license plate number and it said yellow bike, hmm. photos taken. Interesting. It's very threatening. And I mean, then it like, said, "You you do have an Ahern, so the like obscurity provided to you is slightly less than uh, like almost any less. other yeah, bike." Yeah, no, like in my, I have a custom Ahern, like it's very obvious it's my bike. Um, mm. and it says it work order nine nine oh seven. But like, I don't have a very good solution for my bike, but I don't want mm. it to be parked out of my sight. Could so some... I'm now negotiating with my 
work to let me bring the bike in yeah because i'm like it's six thousand dollars i'm not gonna leave it on the streets it's not a huge bike i mean it's not a small bike by any means it's a midtail but i'm 411 right so (laughs) it turns out to be like a normal size bike (laughs) um and it's 26 inch wheels it's very small and what's really funny is i work next door at like a large outdoor outdoor themed shoe company uh whose name i won't mention and they have incredibly nice indoor bike parking, but I get to work at five thirty. So even though mm. I work there in the afternoon, I actually like pick up my bike and then I bring and it into the bike parking. It, uh, but it's too early for me to park it in right. there because hmm. otherwise, like that is. So this is exactly how like good bike parking at workplaces matter. Yeah, because yeah, like what's the alternative? And the irony is that bus stop is the bus that takes me directly to work. I oh, get picked up at my house. And it drops me off at work, oh. but it still takes much longer than riding my bike. Hmm. And um, I I had to take it a few times during the snowstorm when it didn't make sense sure. to. And uh, of course, it was like not on time, and it's the first bus of the day, so hmm. I can't like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you've contacted Tremet and was like, hey. This is my option. No, yeah. I have oh, not okay. called or talked. There's no yeah. number. They just oh, they threaten just, me they just gave with photo taken and, and, and a warning. Is it? Yeah. Do you want to take a picture of the other side? Oh, sure. Um, is that would that be an appropriate use of fu money? Which is like I'm going to put a bike staple right in front I of my place of business. I mean, I think that the <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you watched that YouTube video? No. There's I, a YouTube I, video of someone so. in New York City installing a bike staple. Oh really? Um, oh, really? It's like really great. Gorilla installing. He gorilla installs it. He's a really good filmmaker too, mm. so it's like excellently okay um, published. But it did eventually get taken Interesting. down. Interesting. Yeah. Probably Neistat partially because he like published a photo of him doing it. And it was very oh, obvious where right, it was. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, you can't really install a blue staple like just roguely. And I mean, that's the thing. This is the thing that, when that you look at of. this is why this is why blue staples are meant for short-term bike parking and not employee bike parking. Mm. Um just the same as street parking. Fancy that. Yeah. Um because the considerations like it's a perfectly reasonable retail placement of where the bike staples are on mm. that block. Like the regulations that require, you know, bike staples every so often when they look at a corridor. Yeah, it's fine, but it's not reasonable to park my bike there for seven and a half hours. Um, you know, it's not really a good idea. I, oh, by the way, I always felt guilty about parking at the bus stop. Like from the, <laughs> before I even started that job, sure. when I like was running through the options, sure. um, when I found out I couldn't park it inside. So yeah. I always felt bad about it, but I didn't actually realize I was violating a code. Which right. I, I did not know that was I, against code. It That's... might not actually be a code. This might be a vehicle code and they might just be deciding like that parking, they're not happy they're ju- about they're it. They're just like, like showing their feathers. They're, they're flashing their plumage and saying... This is dangerous. Stay away from this. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just sad because I don't have a better solution. Mm-hmm. So I. But I'm. I've now. I'm putting this onus on my employer. Sure. So, I'm just bummed about it. Bike parking is important, and at the same time, I live in an apartment building that has a bike in the logo, and has we've got <laughs> that is that is really intriguing, and we've had bikes stolen. To... I. A I week think after we moved in, Aaron's I'd love to dedicate an episode towards that because I feel like the adoption, or not the adoption, but maybe the 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 look cool and bikey versus pulling through with yeah. an actual action. Yeah, well, like and the it's, follow through is, is a little le- a bit of a letdown. It down. was the first mixed use no parking apartment building in Portland, mm-hmm. so it's right oh, next to the Hollywood yeah. Theater, and um, it's super weird because it has ground floor retail and then it's mixed market rate and affordable housing. 
and no parking. Mm. So pretty much it blows all the zoning out of the water. Like they sure. had to get a million variances for it and they did a terrible job with the bike parking. Mm. It's like a courtyard. Things get stolen all the time. I've had wheels stolen. We got whole bikes stolen. Uh, they literally pull the racks off the wall like a bunch of times. Like oh, wow. removed really? them from our secure yeah. courtyard. That's how they stole it. Like things are oh, locked and they just like right. literally remove the racks yeah. off the wall mm. even with the special safety bolts. Wow. Um, And uh, but they keep but they like claim like, oh, we'll put a bike rack up in your apartment building. And like, we're so great. We're so nice. We'll do this free of charge. And I'm like, that's because that's the only way you can meet your minimally legally required bike parking per oh, unit. Yeah. Mm. You can't convince me that this is a special policy you do <laughs> yeah. as an apartment yeah, manager. Right. Like that is a legal standard. You have to have 1.2 right. per unit and you do not have them. So as uh, as Brian Hans of the Bank Index may say, safe and secure bike parking. Not so safe. Not so secure. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was the end of my rant. Good I sh- rant. <laughs> I should I should go home. Okay. Yeah. Do you need me for anything else? You're good. It's been lovely. We don't need you, but we would love to have you anytime. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you you're guys welcome. are delightful. At Thanks all for times. coming in. Yeah. yeah. Always yeah, yeah, good yeah. conversation. And um thank you so much. We said who we were drinking, but we didn't say who it was from. W- where is the- it from, Lillian? It is from the beer mongers. On Southeast Division in twelve. Which are lovely. <laughs> and as we, as Lillian takes her last swig, you know, we may not have a big rant about parking at TriMet, but you know what we do have? What do we have, Aaron? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. Is that, that a new one? That is interesting. No, that's a very old one. That oh. is without the background music. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's really good. Well, we're keeping it. Hey, we got some mail from Jeremy Kitchen. A while back, I heard your episode on Velotarian and meant to write in, but forgot. As far as opportunities go, Cycle Oregon has four different events now and is always looking for four different events. Yep. And I was always looking for volunteers, including but not limited to ham radio operators. Hint, hint, Aaron. <clears throat> I don't know the last time I actually Wait, picked Brock? up a ham radio. Oh. <laughs> Also curious why Colorado events aren't on the calendar. I don't know how much outreach I can or should be doing for Colorado, but they're huge events, and I feel like they might fit on the calendar. And you're right. Do you mean CO? Like, I think I think Jeremy's saying Cycle Oregon. Oh, for real? Oh. I could, I could be misreading well, it, that. No, because in this, this context, you're right. I just wasn't sure. Bo- <laughs> in both cases, in both cases, I will say, like, there's no real ruling other than like we'll just put whatever event anyone yeah pretty much asks us to put on their it, calendar. It, it's unless, a com- it's a community here. Yeah, unless it somehow like conflicts with what little values we have. Hmm. <laughs> that so, was that's my attempt at humor there. Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 shit! Uh, <laughs> wait, try it again. <laughs> unless it somehow convicts with what little values we have. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, we pretty much just put anything on the calendar. So feel free, whether it's from Colorado or Cycle, Oregon, Jeremy Kitchen, please. Actually, if it's from you, we would definitely put it on. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for always listening and for such great feedback. And and a quick side note to Jeremy is keep keep developing your GitHub. I got lost oh, yes. down <laughs> the, the biggest rabbit hole the other day, and I loved every second of it. So, so. If you think that your um, 
if you think that your mutt scripts are not are not so so big a thing, they they actually are. They and are. I quite enjoyed reading. They are. I am surprised with all the tech talk we've had tonight that that didn't come up. It's true. <laughs> you know, hey, two and a half hours in, you got to bring it up sometime. <laughs> right. Hey, and lastly, 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 from Marcus Norman. In listening to the 400th Sprocket podcast episode, I heard the news about you and Adele expecting, a.k.a. You, Brock. You mean in Brock, yes. Yes. I know firsthand how twisted feelings can be over it all, but consider this. Bike tours teach you to believe in yourself, be ready for anything, be self-reliant to a degree, and make meeting people easier. They cost you as much or as little as you'd like and leave you feeling open for the next adventure. This may be everything you need to know in raising a kid. I, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, though, my only advice, if I can be this bold, is to tell is to not tell your kids they should like bikes or not like cars, but simply to lead with tempered, enthusiastic examples. Of our three kids, ages 25, 22, and 18, two out of three are now living car-free. That's good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Lead by example. Um, it was good to hear you on the podcast again, Marcus. Uh, thanks, Marcus. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Marcus. When I was when I was younger in my punk rock days, I often feared that if I had children, like they would grow up to like Justin you Bieber, know, the Eagles, or uh, yeah, <laughs> Justin Bieber, <laughs> Rebecca Black. Right, right, exactly. Like stuff that. Like, hey, Friday. You know, Friday's a fine day. What, what does anybody <laughs> have against Friday? You know, I I often will quote that song. <laughs> so we we play a game at work on Sundays sometimes because on a rainy Sunday in the winter at a bike shop that that primarily relies on good weather, um, we we play the how or or we play the what music can I play that will annoy my coworkers enough that whoever <laughs> changes the dial loses. Oh, and uh, I have to say I like that this. that Rebecca Rebecca Black is a is a solid fixture on our Sunday evenings. That's awesome. So, sorry for you folks who get flats at 5 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. You're going to have to put up with it. <laughs> All right. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Call... No, text, no, email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you did want to call or text, send it to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And for the mail. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Melengard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wisensky, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Dodd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jacobson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zisson, Richard G., Guthrie Straw, who's sitting right next to me, Salutations, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery, Campsite, Mac Nurse, David Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florney, Jeremy Kitchen, thanks for the mail, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Mr. 
Peter T, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Eric Wagner, Jason Offenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Ricks, and welcome to our new donor, Marshall, yeah! for the second week in a row. We are still incredibly glad you're here with thank us. Thank you. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far, thank you so much. And brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs>